Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Romans chapter 14. It reads, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, and while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat, or drink wine, or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So Ursula, as we jump in here to chapter 14, we kind of center into something that Christians get accused of a lot, and that's this concept of being judgmental. And uh, usually as we're talking about that, it's people on the outside looking into Christianity saying that we have this set of standards that we're judging other people by. But in this instance, in what Paul's talking about here in Romans chapter 14, he talks about the manner in which we relate to those within the body of the Christ as well. And so help us to unpack what he's talking about here in Romans 14 as we think about this concept. Well, it says in 14.1, it says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. And that's what this chapter is really about. It's Paul is really emphasizing unity within the body of Christ. And again, you have to go back to his audience. He's talking to Jews and uh, in this Roman church and also Greeks, Gentiles. And they're all coming from different places. They all are coming from different faith backgrounds, different rules from those faith backgrounds. Um, some without rules from that faith background or no background. This is Paul's main concern is that if someone who isn't feeling free in their faith, if someone isn't able to walk in that freedom that they have in Christ, then 
they might feel judged or would be judged by others. And he goes on to say in verse 2, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. And that's just an example. So the Greeks, they might not be uptight at all about what they eat. But you also have to remember the Jews are coming from this background where the law, um, they're now free in Christ, but they're still trying to get rid of this history of being under the law and what they could eat was clean or not clean. And sometimes, you know, we come in with this, these presuppositions, these things that we've had in our background, and they're kind of hard to get rid of. And what Paul didn't want to happen was for anyone to judge the other. And this is a weakness. It wasn't sin he was talking about. These are quarreling over opinions. These are preferences. And that really is an important distinction for us. Much as he did in chapter 13, he said, you're submitting to authorities, but obviously if God is asking you to do something that they are saying you can't do, or they're trying to have you do something that God is saying is against his word, we are not to do those things. It's the same here in chapter 14, where he's saying, hey, these are not sin issues, but these are issues of preference. And so when we think about this, he's saying, what is it that you're doing when you elevate your preferences? You're putting that above the focus of the gospel. And that's causing this distinction to be made here in the body. And so we probably don't struggle with these types of things of eating and types of food. But thinking about our students, one of the things that I think that they could struggle with is the way in which they relate to technology, the presence of phones, things like that, the apps that they have on phones, what they do with that. And so let's talk about that a little bit. What might it look like for preference or opinion in relation to technology? And how would that be something that could apply to what Paul is saying here? Yeah, so is a phone in and of itself evil? That's what we have to, that's really what we're looking at here. Um, But can it be used for evil or for sin? Well, yes. Um, But not everyone is going to fall into sin if they have a phone. Um, And what we have to be sensitive to is if we have a friend who is following Christ, their desire is to walk with Christ, but they know if they have a phone, they'll tend to possibly be in the wrong websites, um, on the wrong apps. Um, and I'm talking apps that are in and of themselves sinful because they have explicit things in them. Or they would possibly be on an app and they would then fall into sin because they're not doing the work they should be doing that their parents had asked them to do or not doing their homework or it's just a way for them to escape instead of doing things that they should be doing. And that can, you know, be a a point of sin. And that's really what Paul is talking about. He's saying, hey, that's a preference. And if you are a weaker person and a phone causes you to fall into sin and you don't want it around you, You are not to judge somebody who has a phone because they might not be susceptible to the same sin you are. And those that have a phone shouldn't be judging those who don't have one. In fact, Paul goes on to say, 
if you look at verse 7, he said, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. But what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to live to the Lord, it says in verse 8. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, it's for the Lord. Everything I do, whether I live or die, is to be for the Lord. And I am to love my neighbor, especially those who are in the faith. And so it is so important for us to be sensitive to what my fellow brother and or sister in the faith is going through. It also says here that we're not to despise our brother for those things. Because if we do, if we pass judgment on our brother for that, those things, you know, it says in verse 10, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. We're in trouble with the Lord if we do those things to our brother or sister, because we're really not walking in love. And that's the important thing here. It says in verse 15, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, or let's say your brother is grieved because you have a phone and they think it's wrong and you shouldn't have one, you are no longer walking in love. That means not that you throw your phone away, but maybe you don't use your phone when you're around them. You make sure you're kind and that you are considerate, that you show a heart of understanding as you walk with your brother in love. That's so good, Ursula. And uh, I love how you've given us this instance here. And I want to share another one. So I know for me, one of the situations that this took place in my life, and I really see the teaching of this speaking to uh, was with the video games that my friends had. And so my parents had very specific rules about video games. And so there were video games I couldn't have. And my friends knew that I couldn't have those video games. So we would go over to their house to play the video games that they knew we couldn't play at my house. Sometimes we would even leave my house to go specifically to their house so that we could play those video games. And so when we're looking at that, they knew the standard that I have, the new that I was not to do those things, and they were enabling me, and they were making it so that we were what Paul calls here the stumbling block. When we look down to verse 20, everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. So these people, my Christian friends even, that had these video games that allowed me to participate in those, because that was going against the authority that was in my life, they were causing me to sin. They were causing me to do what God and what my parents had told me not to do because of the situation that they had and the freedom that they had to use those things. And so when we think about that here in this situation, it could be something that is really difficult for us. Like, how do I make a decision? How do I make it so that I can act and live amongst all these people who have different rules, different regulations, different parents, different schools, different things that are happening in their life? that are pressing them in on what they're supposed to do, how do I relate to other people within the body of Christ? I feel like he kind of wraps it up for us with a principle. What do you see as that principle, Ursula? I think he really wraps it up. Um, in verse 21, it says, It's not good to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. And that's what he's talking about. First of all, brother, fellow believer, right? Um, and he even goes further, I would say, in, in the Gospels, um, Luke 17, too. He says, it'd be better for him if he if a millstone hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin, right? 
That's some really strong words. If you think about what a millstone is, right? it was this massive, heavy, heavy stone. It was round, flat on the sides, looked like a wheel, and it had a rod that went through the middle. And they would rotate that stone and it would grind out the wheat, right? It would grind it out so they could make flour. It was a millstone. And he's saying that massively heavy, heavy thing, rather it'd be tighter on your neck and you're thrown in the sea than for you to cause another person to sin. So when Paul is asking for us to be unified, and again, this is Paul, don't forget his audience. He's got people coming from all directions, right? Um, being part of this Roman church. But you think about it. You know, some of you might have been believers for a really long time. Some of you might be brand new believers. Some of you might be researching, thinking, not really, you know, firm in your foundation. So it's just really important for us to be sensitive that while somebody is in the body of Christ, we are to not okay their sin, that's not what this is, but really be sensitive to preferences. Which leads us to really just acting and living in faith, understanding that our conscience is there to help guide us, the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ helps us as we live in relation to these people around us. And so an important part of that is understanding how we relate to the people that God has placed in our lives. And so as you walk through this passage, as you think about that, hopefully there are even situations that are coming to your mind that you understand that this type of a situation is happening. Maybe movies you watch, your phone, whatever it is, the different conversations that you've had with people, that you understand your need to be cautious and to be loving and caring in those relationships as you relate to them. And so today the challenge is to think about that. Think about where there might be some tension between you and other believers. How can you help resolve that tension? How can you make it so that opinions and preferences aren't placed in the middle of what God is trying to do with the gospel work. As you navigate those difficult conversations and navigate that balance of your freedom and the way in which other people are relating to the gospel, I pray that you understand today you are loved. You are Just a couple of you alone. Just a couple of you alone.